This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dotino. Down the sideline, into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one Giant Giants steps. All right, it is that time. It's a week five happy recap with one giant step. Sean Morris and Paul Dottino with Odyssey's exclusive New York Giants podcast. And of course, you could get us wherever podcasts are downloadable. Subscribe if you're a new listener. Hey. No better time than now to jump in with your four and one New York football giants on our lead in show. I said, Paul, basically, if we beat the Packers, I'm going to do the next show, but naked. I'm going to save him from that. I'm not going to hold true. But, Paul, you and I both picked losses. And how could you not? Everybody on NFL Network did. There's so much to chew into, but just first, it's the reaction of most incredible win. Even talking about the Titan game and everything this year that we have felt in a long, long time around the New York Giants. How about the NFL just do the Giants a favor and let them play only second halves of games? How about that? <laughs> it's true. It's true. And Paul looked, they're down 17-3 and 20 to 10 entering the second half. And that was the only glimmer of hope I held on to. I said, Well, you know what? All year the Giants have been a second half team. So why not a little juice? But you know, you, you, you start rattling off the injuries that this team is dealing with. I was a little surprised we didn't get Leonard Williams. I had hope for Wondell Robinson when he took off on that airplane that it was clear on Friday he wasn't going to play. Uh, we know the other Aziz Ojolari make the trip. We know Kadarius Tony, been on and on and on. Still the problems at left guard. And then in game, Dory Jackson goes down, Saquon for a little bit. To battle as a team, to battle that kind of adversity when talent wise, anybody who looks at their roster will say, yeah, they're not built to withstand the injuries, and that's understandable. They're supposed to be in a rebuild here. To have that kind of fight in them. I mean, corners making plays in the second half that weren't even with this team in camp. What that says about the coaching staff and the preparedness, I mean, that is what made today, as we're taping this on a Sunday evening, that is what made this win in London that special, Paul. It wasn't just about beating the Packers. It was about what they were dealing with as they beat the Packers. 
Sean, we've been talking uh, a lot during the course of the first month of the season about this coaching staff, specifically the fact that they make things believable for the players, they make the players have faith and trust in them, and vice versa. Look, they didn't pull anything back in the playbook. The playbook was it was in full, full shape this uh, this this day. And even when you're talking about third and fourth stringer guys going in, they didn't shy away. They said to those guys, listen, you're the next man up. We're doing what we're going to do. You can do it. Go after it. And look, Sean, that doesn't always work. Obviously, there are times when it's Custer's last stand and they get slaughtered. Okay, I get that. But it's clear. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's clear that this staff, Okay, is not afraid to trust their players. And I think they are just paying it back in spades because they're doing what is needed to be done. And oh, by the way, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones were magnificent today. This this right now has got to be the trademark Daniel Jones game of his four year career. I, and we're going to wait. We're not going to wait anymore on Daniel Jones. You're so right, Paul. Okay. You and I have been pro Daniel Jones guys. I can have an honest conversation with Daniel Jones and understand all the negatives that go around with it. I brought up the injuries heading into this week that you can't trust them to stay healthy. What Daniel Jones did for this giant team in London on Sunday and, and Saquon's a big part of this. I'm not trying to exclude Saquon, but I'm going to focus in here on Daniel Jones. All right. All the excuses that those who have defended Daniel Jones, offensive line play, lack of weapons, you know, all of a sudden you see what smart, good offensive coaching can do when you play to a guy's strengths. We were very fearful about Daniel Jones coming in and playing on a bad ankle because we've seen what that can look like as a disaster. He's still, you can tell he still wasn't 100%. He had those couple runs, but he, we didn't have the full Daniel Jones playbook. But you know what Daniel Jones did? He had offensive plays designed for him that played to the strengths he still had. And I think it, it was just incredible to see. I mean, the crossing routes that, that that Darius Slayton is running and getting open. And the fact that he stood in there and he knew, hey, I can't escape and have the same escapability and take some of the smacks he took. I mean, he's dragging a bum ankle up and down that Tottenham Stadium today. Oh, that is that is a career-defining game and a positive for Daniel Jones to me. And he's had some good, you know, we've had some smiles and, and we've had a lot of bad. That's my Daniel Jones moment. No matter what happens from here on out with Daniel Jones's career, I hope there's a lot more positive. I hope there's some Super Bowls down the line. But if Daniel Jones eventually is no longer the quarterback of the New York Giants and people want to badmouth him to me, I will always point to what happened versus the Green Bay Packers in London and against all freaking odds what Daniel Jones did on Sunday. You know, for him to do what he did, and and he made so many great decisions and he zipped so many great throws – Think of this. He only ran the ball one time in the first half, and I wondered even if maybe they were playing with the Packers' heads and playing a little possum because he ran it seven times, seven times in the second half. Interesting. For eight eight runs on the game. And I I was thinking to myself, I just wonder. I know he's not 100%, but he ran the ball much better and much more often in the second half, and some of those were design runs. So they weren't afraid. They, they yeah. had trust and faith in him. Daniel, you said you're okay. You said you can execute the runs. Go do it. That's That goes back to what I'm telling you about this coaching staff. They don't coach scared, Sean. No. They don't. 
and they know what they want and they trust their guys to follow directions. And how about the and how, again, Daniel Jones could have totally been flabbergasted on what I think was maybe the best drive of his career when Saquon Barkley is not in there, and it's a lot of breathing. It's the Gary Brightwell touchdown. You know, to stand in there again, Marcus Johnson, David Sills running forward today. Holy thank Christ, I saw him run forward today. Uh, Richie James over the middle. Da- and again, I keep bringing up Darius Slayton. His ability to spread the ball and have trust in those receivers as he's getting knocked there. I mean, I'm sorry. That, that was grit. That was unbelievable. I mean, and every time he took a hit, he bounced back up. I mean, that was winning football. And I know Dable talked about that after the game. Unprovoked, wasn't asked about it. And brought up That is winning football by the quarterback and something he's been doing. Uh, you know, as this season goes on, and I'm sorry, we're going to start to raise our expectations now when you look at the schedule and consider that they've beaten the Titans and the Packers. You have to raise expectations on whether this is a playoff team or not. The Giants do get to the playoffs. Daniel Jones is going to be a big freaking reason why. Should I break out the number for you now, Sean? That's since oh. not since 1990. NFL teams that have gone four and one. Give it to me, Paul. Perk me up some more, Paul. Perk me up. Up the time. 98? 78. 78. All right, I'll take it. I was hoping <laughs> for 98. But I thought you'd like that. Favor. Odds in our favor. And oh my I, by the way, I, I suddenly I gotta say this. The three best teams in the NFC all reside in the East, it appears when you're watching these games all over. Really? The place. Isn't that something? I mean, it's hey, crazy. But I want to go back to what you said about Darius yeah. Slayton. You recall on our last pod before the game, I told you that Slayton was working overtime. Him and David Sills were using the jugs machine and they were working overtime last week. Look, I'm not gonna tell you that that was the magic pill that allowed him to escape from the closet. And, ca- and come up with the kind of day that he had. But I will tell you this, his six catches today, that's the most that he's had since week six of the 2020 season. Okay? Wow. Slayton dusted himself off. But I'll tell you something else, Sean. This all goes back to another thing that I keep telling people, and I've been talking about it for years, and they didn't make plays for Eli, and they didn't make plays for Jones. Today, one drop. Great Saquon Barkley dropped a screen pass. It was the only drop of the game. I cannot tell you how important that is. In the bad years of the Giants, as we've watched for the last decade, it was not uncommon for them to have four, five, or six drops in a game. Yeah, you're right. They are not doing that. Do you know how many drops they have right now as a team? Ten. Ten. Uh, Paul, it helps, too, when the tight ends, they throw two catch-freaking passes, unlike some of the tight ends we've had in past years, too. And by the way, great job by Bellinger, creative in the end zone, throwing like that. Unbelievable. And And I win fantasy points for that. Yeah, yeah. Bellinger touchdown. See, and it wasn't necessarily the total field goal fest with Graham Gano. By the way, came close to scoring 30 points. It'd be unbelievable. Right? He'll go away from scoring 30. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. But on that note about Slayton, you know, all of the talk about maybe it's just not a good fit, fit in Dable and Kafka's offense, which I never believed for a second. The thoughts of would he get cut if Colin Johnson didn't get hurt? Well, I guess we'll never know the answer to that because Colin Johnson unfortunately got hurt. But injuries create opportunity. And Darius Slayton is not some, you know, as you would like to call him a grandpappy. I mean, I guess he is in a wide receiver room, but he's not some kind of old guy who you can't expect to be here. I know that he's going to be a free agent. Injuries create opportunity, Paul. And Darius Slayton today, the offense, when you saw him running routes, looked different. It looked like there was a part of the playbook that we had not seen in a couple of weeks because Galladay isn't providing that. David Sills, no offense on that side. He's just not providing the kind of burst speed plays that Slayton, where he creates that separation. The Giants don't have receivers that create separation. It was like seeing something new, a new shiny toy on Christmas morning this morning. And you know what? For all the talk about what Slayton dealt with whoever, he's allowed to impress this coaching staff the rest of the way and play himself into another contract. That is allowed. You're not just written off because you're there because of that. You know, he didn't get traded any of that. I, I think Darius Slayton, for better or for worse, even as these guys come back and Tony and Wandell at some point, Darius Slayton's got to be on the football field. And you'll live with the drops, but he creates a certain element that they don't have on offense and hadn't had all year. Fourth year in the league, Sean. So he's in his prime as far as I'm concerned. And he's always had the skills and the talent to be a, a higher level receiver in this league. It's always been mental with him. The dropsies have always been a mental thing. And then, of course, we've also seen some flashes of, I, I don't, I don't want to say uh, a brain lock, but, you know, we've discussed some of his faux pas over the course of the last few weeks, things that just were inexcusable. But, again, I don't know if they had told him earlier in the week but he put in the extra work, and it, whatever happened, he was a very integral part of that offense today. And God knows, Daniel Jones knows the guy and can trust the guy. He's been throwing to him for how many years now? You know, this is not like it's coming out of the blue. No, you're absolutely right. And and just quickly, before we get to the defensive side, and there's a lot of heroes there, and somebody that you've been all over here for two weeks on the positive side deserves a lot of credit. I also want to talk about the coaching staff in this light, too. You know, when Saquon went down, number one, good for them not just letting Saquon talk himself back into the game. Go get that X-ray, and then come back. We'll put you back in. And such an, an unfamiliar sight to see Saquon Barkley leave a game and come back after getting checked on injuries because of all the injuries dealt with. What an emotional uplift that must have meant to all those guys in the locker room. Go, oh, Saquon's good. We haven't seen this happen with Saquon, but on top of that, Paul, you think about how critical a player Saquon Barkley is. Some might call him the NFL's MVP here through the first five games. The idea, again, with Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell, that the playbook remained the same. They were running the same runs, getting very solid production. That's not a knock on Saquon at all. It's just the idea the coaching staff said, again, with that position too, next man up, it doesn't matter. We keep running these plays. It was so evident in the run game too. And, you know, let's let's just go right to the crux of Gary Brightwell's situation. He powers in a two-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter. And if, you know, you remember at that point, you didn't know if Barkley was coming back right. because his shoulder, his shoulder had been banged up. And here's Brightwell plowing up the middle 
getting a surge from the offensive line, believe it or not, running right up the back of Ben Bredesen at left guard, and then getting a push himself as Evan Neal and Myrick. Neal and Myrick pushed Brightwell from behind to make sure they finished the surge and got him into the end zone. Sean, it's not just enough for the players and coaches to believe in each other and vice versa. The players themselves fight for and believe in their teammates. And that's what you saw on that Brightwell touchdown. And then Barkley comes back into the game. And who threw the block to spring him for the game-winning touchdown? Gary Brightwell. And by the way, Glowinski was out there too. Glowinski had a much better game. Gary Brightwell gets a badge of honor. Uh, Now to the defense, Paul. Let's just start with this name because there's a lot of names we got to get to here that were incredible and had incredible moments. Jalen Smith was all over the football field. And and the play of the inside linebacker room, and Tate Crowder was fine. He wasn't the great player he was a week ago, but he did his job this week, I thought, throughout. I, I don't want this to turn into Austin Calitro being knocked left and right because he is who he was. He was something to be in the camp. But night and day with Jalen Smith is brought to the inside linebacker room on. I mean, just jumps off the TV when he's coming sideline to sideline making some of these hits. He is exactly what I told you he was. And he has mitigated the loss of Leonard Williams during the last two weeks against very strong running games. It's really that simple. And look, I get it. He doesn't have all the athleticism that he had when he came out of Notre Dame. Well, he got hurt that last year. I get it, okay? He's, He's not that pro bowl linebacker anymore. But what he does do to provide downhill, gap penetrating run stuffing, that's something the Giants badly needed. And it came at a perfect time when they got him into the lineup. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And now, you know, I mentioned Crowder. You know what? Before we get to the secondary here, because that's another story. Dexter Lawrence, uh, he's got to be the MVP of the defense at this point, doesn't he? I mean, what he is doing here in, in his fourth year is just, Paul, it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable what he's become. And not only his run stuffing, his leadership, clearly he's got that captain C now, but his ability to finish in the backfield on these pass rush moves, even if there's, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau leads him up into that sack. It doesn't matter. Dexter Lawrence is finishing, finishing and creating negative plays for this defense. You know, what's interesting, Sean, the previous regime was playing him more as a defensive end. And now, of course, his responsibilities, he gained a little bit more weight. And his responsibilities are more as an interior defensive tackle, much more than he was as a defensive end. It has brought out the best in him. Clearly, Wink Martindale had this in mind from the moment that he got here during the entire offseason. They had told Dexter Lawrence what they were going to do with him. They were going to change up his playbook. And it has worked marvelously well. That's one of the reasons why, if you remember, when the Giants had to decide to pick up the fifth-year option on him several months ago, there were some people who were kind of curious. Giants always let their defensive tackles go through free agency. They never re-sign him to a second contract. Well, should they pick this guy's fifth-year up or not? And, and there seemed to be a lot of debate about it. But Wink Martindale knew he could bring out more in him with, with kind of this position change, and that's why they picked up the option. 
and thank thankfully they did because you see the the contracts like Austin Johnson got you know guys that we've seen around here get really really big paydays at least we kind of get that fair value here next year but they're going to have to work out a long term deal because Dexter Lawrence has earned it and by the way you're talking about guys drafted in the first round not many of them have earned those second contracts with the Giants no, in recent years not at it's all good to, it's good to see Dexter Lawrence have it now Paul we have come full circle from training camp on in both of our extreme needs, right? You wanted to see more depth added to the safety room. Well, Tony Tony Jefferson went out there and played a ton. We saw Pinnock, who, by the way, made a great play on the punt in special teams. He gets accidentally hit the beat, smacked that ball out. A very underrated moment of that game, Paul. Huge. We got we talked about special teams going in. I, I was going to get to the defense, but I forgot about that moment, too. That reminded me of, uh, was it Michael Johnson? Who was it in, in, with the Packers in that fumble in the NFC Championship game? Remember he smacked the ball I mean, against San Francisco. Was it San Francisco? Why did I think it was Green Bay and Lambeau late in the fourth quarter? But maybe well, there, there was a there, there was yeah. there was a play where R.W. McCordish had one in uh, right. in Lambeau, and yeah. and then obviously uh, San Francisco had a couple of right. fumble kicks. That was with Jaquan, that, Jaquan Williams. Yes, but I was right. specifically, and it it was Lambeau. It's coming to me. Michael Johnson was Mike. Am I getting the name right? Michael Johnson, our old yeah. backup safety. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He makes well, a play. Yeah, I think it was R.W. McCordis who muffed the punt. And yeah. he makes the play where the Packers are about to recover, and he gets underneath and he swats it out. And that's yep. exactly what Pinnock did. Such an underrated moment because you would have gave the Packers the ball back plus territory right then and there. But anyway, long story longer. We're talking about all the safeties you wanted. I had said they needed you know, depth in the cornerback room. Aaron Robinson, we may not see him the whole year. Darnay Holmes, doing fine job nickel corner. Dory Jackson goes down in this game. We're already down to Fabian Moreau, who they signed off the streets. Uh, you know, McLeod, who came in uh, from Buffalo, signed off the streets. And then we still had Justin Lane, who was cut by Pittsburgh late. All of these guys were not with the Giants in camp. And all of them, as the Packers are refusing to run the ball late to try to win the game, are making stops left and right, Paul. Stop looking right. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I can't explain how they did it. I know this from the very get-go. Jerome Henderson, the secondary coach, had been heaped, heaped, and heaped on with praise from both Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. They did not want to lose him when they came in to this staff. They insisted that Jerome Henderson stay. They, they were so enamored with him. Wink has said so many times he's one of the best in the league. And I don't think a lot of people even know who he is, other than he played in the NFL for a while and right. was even with the Jets, right? Right. But I, I, I can't say enough because you're right. I mean, think about the spare parts that were patched up and thrown into a critical situation and were entrusted with making plays. And somehow they found a way to do it. It's it's it, it's it was something to behold. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, it was it was unbelievable because, I, you know, I can make the case. You keep talking about these injuries that they've lost, right? Somehow they've survived a bit with Leonard Williams. I don't know if they could survive a bit without uh, without Dexter Lawrence. But to me, the one guy I kept pointing to was Adoree Jackson. If Adoree yeah. Jackson got hurt in this time, how would the Giants survive? And Good I, news again, for you, Sean. Good news for you. Rodarius Williams, I expect yeah. him to practice this week. Okay, and that's that would be big cornerback depth. But I was going to say on the Adoree Jackson front, I know you weren't in London. Post-game, it felt more precautionary than anything with a neck and an ankle. It kind of reminded me of what happened with Evan Neal the week before. Yeah, it could be. I know Neal, Neal had had that issue, had to come out of the game last weekend. But then he said, to, I had talked to him during the week. He said it was just temporary. It wasn't a big deal. And, and he was already feeling fine the next day. I hope that's the case with Adoree. Yeah. But Rodarius Williams is another guy who people have been sleeping on. He has a skill set. He has length. He's got speed. He's got aggressiveness. This kid has been foaming at the mouth to get out there, and because of the torn ACL, they have held him back. He went to IR for his four weeks. They weren't going to activate him now for the London trip because, I mean, just to get him on the practice field, what good was it going to do? But I, I suspect we will see him this week as his clock starts, and that's another guy who can help. It's amazing. The fact that they keep stashing these wins in the pocket and they may be getting healthier and getting some big bodies back. All right. So, Paul, before we we wrap a couple things here as we kind of look big picture a little bit. Number one, did you see the video of Brian Dable coming off the field? Yes. Brandon London had it. I mean, you could see how much this means to him. And and that's a head coach. And that's obviously a general manager and Joe Shane that have gone out of their way to make sure to temper expectations both internally and to the fan base. Hey, long process, long process, long process. Seeing that face of Brian Dable made me feel like that was a guy who feels like he has something here, even for this year, Paul. Yeah, I, I think he's starting to build on that foundation and maybe, in his own mind, potentially accelerate the process just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Look, Sean, this was by design. The Giants, when they started fussing with this roster during the offseason, they went for guys who were going to be the right mix of character in the locker room and who had a very high football acumen, understanding that with this coaching staff, you better be able to handle the playbook, and you better be damn good at it. Because you know what? Even without the injuries, this coaching staff has preached that everybody's going to get a chance to play, everybody's going to have to make some plays at one time or another, and they do it in practice. They constantly rotate the second and third string guys, and they allow them to take reps with the starters. Think about that for a second, Sean. How many coaches do that? Not a lot. Well, that's how you get. That's how you get trying to shut down Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game. It's Timon Fox and Justin Lane making plays. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's incredible. It's just. And by the the way, and 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 I want to also throw out a bouquet to two guys who were big names, but were relatively quiet during the game. Kayvon Thibodeau and Xavier McKinney combined, mm-hmm. I think they only had seven tackles. They were relatively quiet. 
But what happened on the Packers' next-to-last drive when they got down inside the 10-yard line trying to go for the tying touchdown? On third down, Thibodeau got the pass rush, and he deflected the pass down incomplete. And on fourth down, Xavier McKinney did the same thing. Play to the whistle, play all 60 minutes, never give up, good things happen. Yeah, and, and Thibodeau, by the way, his pressure really caused that Dexter Lawrence sack. And oh, by the way, I mean, and what was such a wonky handling of the clock at the end of the game, by the way, again, more smart coaching, having Jamie Gillen take the safety right. and try to win out, very, very good. But anyway, you never want to see Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hand with a chance to throw a Hail Mary. He's burned us, he's burned others, nobody wants to see that. The fact that the Giants pass rush, even in that three-man rush, even with the prevent, still got home. I mean, all these Rodgers, Hail Mary attempts I've seen, good or bad, you never see him basically strip-sacked at the end. Credit to Shane Zimenez getting there. It might seem little, and it might feel like the game was over, and it probably was, but you know what? I've seen that ball go there, and you gasp for so long waiting for it to get knocked down. Right? We didn't even have to deal with any of that on the final play. And, and you know what? It's interesting. You know, Zimenez has seen his snap time reduced the last couple of weeks because Ojolari had come back, Thibodeau had come back, and then obviously because of the game plan against the run, you were seeing more of Jihad Ward. Mm-hmm. So Zimenez, who had seen some early snap time this season, you know, because of the way the lineup was configured, he's actually had snaps reduced. But instead of pouting about it, and, and kind of sucking his thumb and saying, oh, woe's me. Right. No, no. The coaching staff is keeping these guys engaged, saying, we need you. You will need to make plays for us. And the kid's attitude has been great. Now, Paul, we, we watch all of this league here all over the place, and today we really got to sink our teeth into it. There's a lot of mediocrity. Uh, you know, Tom Brady called it a lot of bad football. You're seeing the Eagles 5-0, and although Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are a freaking disaster. That's another story. Cowboys pass rush still reigning supreme. you got to form your own land. You can't worry about the other teams in the division. But as you look around, basically, you know, kind of look at the whole NFL as a whole, and you see what Brian Dable has the Giants doing. I'm not asking this a Super Bowl, NFC Championship game, but we had a, a premonition, you know, six wins, seven wins, somewhere in there. Here we are, the Giants are four and one, and they have wins over the two teams that were the top seeds in the playoffs last year, the Titans and Packers. Has your floor changed on expectations for 2022? Well, you know, Sean, I had them at three and one and then figured they'd be three and two after losing the London game. And, and all this totaled up for an eight and nine season for me, as we discussed it about a month and a half ago. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to change that yet because okay. they still wow. have a lot, they still have a lot of injuries. You, you know, you gotta get Leonard Williams back. You gotta get old Jolari back. And he's got this calf thing, which as you know, is, is the new thing over the last two years to be the mystery injury in the NFL. You could miss one game. You could miss two months. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to take anything for granted, especially when you see Saquon Barkley have to go out of the game with a shoulder injury, and you see that Daniel Jones was a miraculous healer from like a, a, a tennis ball-sized sprained ankle to do what he did today. I mean, they have, they have walked a tightrope here with, with the availability of players. So, no, no, the injury bug is okay. still flying around the Meadowlands like those damn right. lantern bugs. So, right. I'm not... I'm not up in anything right now. You're right. Uh, that being said, 
I am. I, I think this team's going to win 10 games now, Paul. I just look at the schedule, and I see them winning games that they weren't otherwise winning. Uh, and it doesn't mean that they're going to roll all these teams. It doesn't mean they're going to go win out, not like that. But I think a 10-7 and seven is very much attainable from this point forward. I don't think it's asking a lot for now the team to basically go 6-6 six and six the rest of the way. Think about that, Paul. The team has yeah. to play 500 the rest of the way, and that gets them to 10-7. and 6-6. Six and six. And that includes the Texans, the Seahawks, the Lions now who look like a disaster. The Commanders look like a disaster twice. I mean, now, could the Giants easily lose one, two, a couple? Of course they could. But I am seeing a team that is no longer somebody else's homecoming, and that makes me smile. And also, you know, you talk about the injury bug, and you're right. I'm going to go the other way, though, and say, hey, they're 4-1. and one. They're getting these guys back. Now, I don't know when the hell they're getting Kadarius Tony back, but these other guys are going to come back. Yeah, right. I mean, they're going to come back. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I raised my floor, Paul, um, again. This team could really do no no harm to me the rest of the year at this point. I can't imagine a scenario where I'm going nuts and screaming and yelling uh, for, for worse. But I, I I expect this team to be, to win 10 games. And by the way, you know, you kind of look around the NFC. 10 wins should get you in with a wild card this year. It should. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can understand the excitement, Sean. I, I just want to pump the brakes a little bit. I still think uh, the injury factor, I've seen too much in the last 10 years to believe that they're going to be able to sustain week after week after week of guys falling to the wayside and having third and fourth stringers come in and hold the fort. I mean, it's one thing to pull that off once, twice, three times. If it keeps up, at some point in time, the water's going to break through the dam. You're right. You're right. But, hey. Hopefully it doesn't anytime soon. Paul, nothing's going to rain on my parade today. This is the best. This is awesome. <laughs> I love it. I can't get enough. The Giants are freaking back. All right. You can follow Paul on Twitter this week. At Giants WFAN. And you can follow me at Mraz CBS. It's M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. Thanks to our producer, Adam. And, of course, thank you to all of you for listening, subscribing, downloading, and taking one giant step above.